0: Can I see so him? the story goes with Brian Chartain. What's uh, up, brother? Jay Allen. Hello, hello. Good afternoon to you, sir. Good afternoon to you and all the millions that are listening to this right now. Oh yeah,
1: just just millions of people <laughs> just waiting with with bated breath for this uh, podcast to come out. <laughs> uh, I'm sitting with uh, Jay Allen, dear friend of mine, uh, singer songwriter a uh, father of two girls, uh, a doting husband, a uh, man about town. A mover and a shaker. Mover and a shaker. Um, Mostly shaking. And you shake quite well, sir. I <laughs> think. Yes, okay. Um, I've known you for, uh, you were one of the first cats I met yep. when, I, when I moved to town. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I saw you at Sugar Daddy's back in the day. Now That's what it was. Outfit, yeah. That's right. We had a, we had like a double bill there, yeah. and ten dollar outfit w- was my band, very new, and you were there. Was Del- Delcoa? Delcoa, yeah, right. yeah.
0: The early years of Delcoa.
1: I remember being new to town and kind of you know researching what people were doing and where they were playing, and I always remember uh, being envious of of that band and what you guys had had created. And where you were playing, and and I, and I just and one of the spots uh, that you, I think you played there every Sunday or something, was the Wrigley
0: Mansion. Yeah, man, we, that was a incredibly just lucky. We didn't almost didn't know what we had. Yeah, like, doing it because looking back, it's just like. We would happen that every Sunday, and, and it was a what, one, two, three, four piece, four piece, five piece, five piece. By that time, yeah,
1: that's crazy.
0: Yeah, a five piece residency. Yeah, I mean, it's like what that does not happen. Yeah, no, you know? and, and the bread was all right. It was back in kind of like the the heyday of like
1: when, early two thousands. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I remember just being. So, I mean, like, man,
0: how do I get that gig? Well, like, what do I gotta do around here? <laughs> you know. Um, you grew up here uh i was I moved here, I was born in Colorado mm-hmm. moved here around when I was like eight mm-hmm. and so yeah, around like first second grade mm-hmm. and yeah, I went through high school and everything and then bailed quickly after high school. I mean, my friend Matt were anxious to to bail out of Phoenix and mm-hmm. kind of had that like leave my hometown and never look back kind of feeling but uh we went out to l a and went to college there quickly. Didn't remain in college, but uh, <laughs> I still enrolled. Yeah, 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 I attended some
1: things and was hung out on paper. Yeah. on paper, you were there. Yeah, yeah, and studying like a motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs>
0: studying what would be the? <laughs> but um, yeah. What, what was, college in L.A.? Uh, Loyola Marymount. Okay. Which is over? Uh, it's kind of near LAX. Mm-hmm. Over by uh, like on the top of the hill, uh, overlooking like Marina Del Rey. Okay. Mm-hmm.
1: So you were there for a couple years, mm-hmm. and then decided to come home.
0: No, uh, oh. I ran around quite a bit. So uh, while I was I was there, um, instantly my my good friend Matt Witt, uh, who I moved out there with, uh, his sister had been going there, so we went and visited her one at one point, and just were like, oh man, let's let's apply here and, right. and get out. Right, So we went there and instantly met a, our uh, good friend, Matt Purvis. He was, uh, and we were all just like little deadhead kids. Yeah, yeah. And we instantly met him the first day of like orientation. Uh-huh. We all became fast friends. Even at that first night, we were like, we ditched like the the like little meet and greet party right. kind of thing of right. orientation and ended up going and hanging out with Matt's sister and a bunch of her friends. And, and uh, yeah, so the whole first year was in the dorms. Just playing Mario Kart and <laughs> listening to dead and yeah. uh, just getting into trouble. Yeah. And then uh, the next year, oh, during that, that year, of my freshman year, I, uh, we were really into skateboarding and longboarding and, and whatnot. And I had a, kind of a, it wasn't that gnarly of an accident, but I scraped up my knee really bad. Uh-huh. And living in the dorms isn't the most uh, sanitary at times. Like yeah. just a bunch of young dudes not really caring. Right. And I got, my knee got infected uh-huh and so i ended up having to go get uh i ended up in the hospital for like two weeks whoa and had to get like surgery and like they had to yeah just clear the infection out of my knee huh and so when i went back i had a cast that went from the top of my leg to the tips of my toes because i couldn't bend right it needed to just stay right and uh so that was kind of like that what almost caused the end of my skateboarding
1: uh, career <laughs> that
0: and <laughs> <laughs> that and uh I just... I wasn't going to class. Right. Living in the dorms with that, like, I couldn't shower very, very easily. Right, So I would go over to, like, my friend Matt's sister's f- place or her friend's place to yeah. go. And, uh, yeah, just... I kind of ended up fucking off that whole last semester. Yeah. To my parents' chagrin. I'm sure. Um, so when they came and got me at the end of that semester, we basically came back home to Phoenix, and I took that first semester of, the sec- of sophomore year off. hmm and but, and I I'd, I'd been playing bass a little bit. That was kind of like my my first instrument. Um, especially back in high school, was in like some kind of punk bands and, and different stuff because like everybody played guitar or drums. And so it'd be like, "Hey, man, you, you want to be in a band?" I'm like, "Sure." Like, "Do you play bass?" I'm like, "Yes." <laughs> so uh, I do now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, exactly. So I went and bought a bass and started just learning. <laughs> and yeah. Uh, and so, when I went back to uh, Loyola Marymount, the halfway through my sophomore year, um, <laughs> I was one of the kids that had the few kids that had like a fake ID. Hmm. And there's this little bar down in uh, Marina Del Rey called Brennan's. And every Wednesdays, so every Wednesday there was uh, this guy Jeff Cleveland and his band Cow Space, which at the what time what was it Cow Space?
1: Cow. Space. Yeah. Okay.
0: All one word for the way for all for their purposes. But I it the name oh, it never really made sense, but it was it said it was from a, a dream that like his niece had and it huh. met like an imaginary friend named CowSpace. So <laughs> <laughs> go figure. Um but they were like kind of like a dead cover band in a way. But they were at the time it was two guys and a percussion player. Mm-hmm. And we went in there and they were playing some dead tunes and I kind of the same way of like the funk band thing i went up and was just like hey man do you guys need a bass player yeah yeah they were like yeah sure like you you play bass i'm like yeah <laughs> kind of like yeah i'm i'm okay yeah i went and had a rehearsal with them and uh they later told me they were like you were terrible you were really bad <laughs> but you were way too nice and way too excited to say no to so after a few weeks i, I did get better and started gigging with them every wednesday hmm. and i was I was 19. Yeah, wow. And the bar, I remember having my 21st birthday there <laughs> later. And the bar was just like, what? Like, they right. pissed. But right. yeah, that, so that was kind of, that band was, I, I'd been in a few other like projects, but nothing ever serious. And that was like kind of the first, like, I'm in a, I'm a band and we were gigging and yeah, it became like a regular thing. So.
1: And, that, and that lasted how long? Um, about
0: two years. So you stayed out in, at loyal, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you stayed out there. So the end of uh, the summer, um, and my friend Matt Purvis that I mentioned before, we mm-hmm. uh, got a house with uh, our other friend June and a few other, like people kind of rotated in and out, but it was always me and Matt at that place. And unfortunately, the summer after our sophomore year, uh, he passed away. Oh, shit. Um, he, we were longboarding down uh, the big hill on Lincoln that goes down into Marina Del Rey, which we did a lot. But uh he uh fell, he got just fell, hit his head and oh uh, about a week later passed away. He, he never really re- regained consciousness, but he went to the hospital that night.
1: Holy cow.
0: It was a very, very heavy thing. Actually I played that song that I played at the Mim, yeah, uh, a song called Conductor, which uh-huh. was the first song that I ever wrote after he passed, was uh I wrote that song and uh Oh yeah, you were telling us
1: about yeah, yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: And he, uh, so he was, he was, all, he was the one that really encouraged me to like, he was like, go up and talk to those dudes and see if you can get in the band. What, yeah. And Cause he yeah. was the conductor. Yeah. Yeah, man. <laughs> and, uh, so yeah. So that kind of, after that summer and after he passed, I didn't want to go back to school Yeah, and just I hung out in LA pretty much for another year or so. And uh, actually some of his friends moved to LA, some good friends of his, um, my friend Chris Avatable and, uh. Uh, friend brian clark and it there all the friends all our kind of crew was just really tight-knit during that time especially mm-hmm. just helping each other get through losing our our best friend mm-hmm. and like i said he was always really encouraging so uh, to, for me to pursue music mm-hmm. and so i did that was kind of when that was the the main time when i dove in head first and was like this is all i'm gonna do mm-hmm. And I, I remember the first one of the cow space shows that uh we were playing on on a wednesday night all my friends came out. They they also loved me because all my college friends would come. They were all a bunch of older dudes. Yeah. So, so all my <laughs> all my college friends would come out, and they'd be like, "Sweet, even though he sucks, like, right? He brings he brings he a good brings crowd. his own crowd. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> he can't play bass. He's under twenty one, yeah. <laughs> but he brings his friends, <laughs> and the bar is happy. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: I mean, shit. So, so yeah. Then uh, my friend Chris Avatable, we moved. After about a year, we started a band called Pody which, uh, man, these band names are just killing, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> we were joking one night, and I think the it's a terrible name, but the, the we were joking, like, he was like, Let's call the band Pink on the Inside. It's <laughs> like, because everybody's pink on the inside, you know, no matter what color you are, it sound it also has like some innuendos or what, yes, obviously, yes, but yeah. uh, but we shortened it to. P O D I, pink on the inside. Gotcha. In pie. I don't know. Like it was just one of those things. Yep. You're like that's our name. Screw <laughs> it. Moving on. <laughs> and we did. We played around L.A. for like about a year, and then he moved back up to Santa Cruz to go finish college up there, and I went with him. Okay. And then from Santa Cruz, was up there for about nine months or so. A great time, and started playing with a bunch of other cats up there too. And then one of those guys uh, was from Greenwich, Connecticut, a guy named Chris Mariner. And after he graduated, he was a little bit older than me, and uh, after he graduated, he invited myself as a bass player, our friend Kevin on keys, and Ben on drums to go try to start a band out in Greenwich, Connecticut. He no had kidding. He'd gotten a house, and uh, so yeah, he invited us out. I left a little bit early and stayed in, uh, stayed in the city for a couple months on a couch and had a blast. It was amazing, <laughs> down in the Bowery. We'd go to like smalls all the time, go yeah. see crazy good jazz, Blue Note, and just ran around the city. Like didn't probably didn't sleep for like two months. Just right. took it all in. That that city will do that to you. Dude, it was it was amazing, man. Yeah. And then uh that band I don't we never even had a name for the band, I don't think. Because it just never really came to fruition. We were right. all practicing, but it was just, just nothing ever really happened. Uh-huh. And uh I went and saw this band, Humphreys, McGee, is uh, out in, uh, where was it, the Hammerstein Ballroom, uh-huh. and met a couple guys that were like, hey, there's a band down in uh, the D.C. area that's looking for a bass player, cool jam band called Rebus, and they're kind of actively auditioning bass players, so I reached out to them, and they had me come down, hmm. and uh, I think it ended up coming to, between myself and another guy. And I think I wanted out again for the thing. It was just like he's—he's he's so nice. He's good to have around. Let's keep him because right. the other guy kind of—I don't think we're vibing with him. But he's—he was a great bass player. But they, so I ended up touring with them for about two years. Wow. We got to go back and forth cross country. And I didn't really sing much through all this stuff. Like I, there were some songs that I would like sing, do like a little bit of backup harmony stuff. But uh-huh. for the most part, it was just a bass just player. Bass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was kind of my, my main focus. I always loved. Uh, just like singer-songwriters, and but I was pretty headfirst in the jam scene. Mm-hmm. And uh, I did a couple tunes in Rebus where I sang, but never really sang that much. And Rebus, we ended up, we were there, and then moved down to Augusta, Georgia for a little bit. Jesus, you have lived all over yeah, this fucking yeah. country. And this was all over the course. This whole time span is like seven years or something wow. like that. Wow. And so, yeah, I was in Augusta, Georgia, which was great. And we toured a bit, but the bands kind of just started falling apart. It wasn't uh, two of the guys just just were kind of not so in in it anymore. And I was still the young kid. I was Mm. like five to ten years younger than most of the guys. Oh wow! And and that and that initial tour was that like van touring, like fifteen passenger. Not even. It was like an Econoline van. There were four of us, and we had a trailer. Okay. And uh, amazing keyboard player named James Pace, and we had, who had a Porta B, so a B3. Oh my gosh. Load ins. Uh, oh, yeah. Like g- dragging that thing sometimes upstairs and oh, no. weighed like 200 pounds. His Leslie, he had a, like a mini Leslie, but it's still it just oh, a- awkward God. and pain yeah. in the ass. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. And uh, Kyle, uh, I was going to say Kyle failing, <laughs> <laughs> Kyle Poling, and uh, a guy named Andrew. On guitar, And so it was, yeah, the four of us. Yeah. It was great. Cool. We got a light guy too. It was really, we were, it was a great band. Uh, we got to play at High Sierra Music Fest. Oh, yeah. Um, which is really cool because a couple years before that, when I lived in Santa Cruz, I had, uh, we had gone to High Sierra and this was kind of like a, a memorable music moment for me. Cause, mm-hmm. like, I remember being there, having a great time, but like sitting there writing in a journal at one point, like an, on a morning, and just like, man, I'm standing in the vortex of my aspirations, and I'm only a spectator. Like mm-hmm. I wanted to be on stage." because mm-hmm. I, I think I, at that festival, I really realized the only people that get to live in festival land all the time are the bands. Right. So right. I wrote that down, and I remember we were pulling into High Sierra, and I'm looking at my journal reading that line, I'm like, "Oh cool. man, check that one. off. The box, <laughs> dude. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm going
2: put my car downtown and watch it down the line. I'm gonna let it all right tonight, Gonna leave my money down, but you can't see that you know me well, day when we were friends.
1: So, God, what what year
0: is that when, when Rebus? This was about 2003. Uh I think from about 2000, late 2001, I want to say it was like, yeah, late 2001, I'd gone down and auditioned and then they picked me up and I moved went and moved down into the band house with them and then I think yeah around 2003 it they kind of decided to part ways So right. it just kind of went that way I ended up going back up to kind of the DC area Alexandria Virginia yeah work at this bar that I'd been working at called Hard Times Cafe really cool and, and had like made some amazing friends up in that area that I still talk to and but I went up there just to make a little extra dough and the whole time I'm like like my parents were like, why don't you come back to Phoenix? I'm like, no, <laughs> no, never come back to Phoenix. Like, yeah. it was kinda like that, like I, I just had that young stigma yeah. where it was just like, I can't go back to my hometown, I'll feel like I failed. Right, right. So uh my good friend Brian Clark, who had mentioned before, was living in San Diego down in uh, Pacific Beach and kinda also was just he was just like, Yeah, man, I got a futon. You wanna come <laughs> live with me? Sure. <laughs> Ran back across country and uh Hung out there for the greater part the rest of two thousand three, uh-huh, and moved to l a for a little bit, and when I was back there it was it was just it was miserable and kind of depressed. nothing was really happening for me there yeah, and um, I wasn't finding any like bass gigs at the time. actually, when I moved to San Diego, it was when I really started going to excuse me some open mics and uh, trying my hand at like singing some songs I'd do like Bob Marley tunes and right dispatch songs i'd just gotten into dispatch oh yeah and uh so
1: you know did i ever tell you the story rich it was like pete francis yes they their roommates yes <laughs> <That's> crazy, <laughs> how crazy dude. is that that's So crazy. and rich rich will say that that it was pete francis who really encouraged rich to to oh that's awesome sing and play guitar which yeah. i mean thank god he did right wow i know and you i mean that kyle was in san diego at that time doing open mics and 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 uh singing Who?
0: oh failing, yeah yeah, failing. Yeah, yeah 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 did you you didn't run you didn't no, know we didn't him run it we didn't yeah. know each other then uh i met him when he moved out here a couple people i think it was a uh, yeah a couple people had told him to come out to one of our shows and that's where uh. we met him when he would first moved here and, yeah. yeah
1: yeah funny
0: yeah man and uh so yeah i was out there and that's where i started in san diego started kind of doing that a little open mics went up to la did not wasn't digging it and one of my best friends, Jimmy, <laughs> was living in Costa Rica. Oh, my God. And uh, he like, was talking to him one night on the phone, just asking him how everything's going. He was going to med school there. And uh, he was just like, man, it sounds like you're pretty down there. Why don't you come visit me? It was like, how about I come live with you? He was like, yeah, <laughs> great. I need a buddy, like a, yeah. a, another gringo to come down and, and yeah. hang. Um, so I did, like at the beginning of 2004, I, uh, yeah, headed down to Costa Rica for. I didn't really have a idea when I was going to come back. It was just like, yeah, didn't have a return out. ticket. No,
1: you're just yeah. like, I'm going to bomb down there yeah. and see what's up.
0: I'd saved a bunch of money just working at working restaurants. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, I bailed down there and like, money, the dollar went a long way down there. Yeah, and I'd, he had a car, but he could walk to um, to med school. To med school, like it was right down the road. So he didn't it. need the car. No, so I would. Like at sometimes, like a week at a time or something like that. Just head off, like I'm going to go to this beach town. Just go check it out. Try yeah. su- try surfing, like wow. hang out. And I'd taken a base down to Costa Rica. It wasn't, it wasn't like really an option. So a buddy of mine lent me his uh, tacamine. Is it tacamine? Tacamini? Tacamini? Yeah. Tacamini? Mm-hmm. Okay. I always met like I always wondered, right. like took like <laughs> one of those like. uh, So I took that down there, and I would go at the beaches. I'd just go and kind of hang out and started uh, I would just play, kind of strum on the beach, try to learn some Bob Marley tunes or, oh, right. or whatever it was. And some of the little bars there, I'd go up and just be like, hey, can I play here tonight? And they'd be like, sure. And so I'd end up playing like three nights. uh Again, probably, probably it's, it seems like the story of my life is like the... <laughs> He's, probably, he's not You're that too, good. You're too <laughs> nice to get fired. <laughs> I love it. Take that shit to the bank, oh, bro. Oh, totally, man. Totally. That's awesome. So, but yeah, they'd like, all right, you can stay here. Like, you, like, we're not going to pay you, but we have a place for you to stay, yeah. and we'll feed you. And you just play a couple hours at night and yeah. entertain everybody and have a good cool. time. And so that's where I really started singing and playing guitar. Yeah. And fast forward six months of being down there, running around quite a bit, came back. Finally came back to Phoenix because mm-hmm. I was broke. Mm-hmm. And was just like, oh, I'll go back to my folks' place, yeah. figure it out. Regroup. And see where I'm, where I'm going to head off to next. Who's Whose right. couch am I going to go Well, right yeah, on? I got to do
1: some laundry. <laughs> I'm going to have a couple good meals. I'm going to save up some bread, and then I'm going to bounce again.
0: Oh, yeah. And, it, and with every intention of heading out as fast as possible. But uh, there was this girl here that I was... Uh, we'd known each other since high school. And just before I left for Costa Rica, I was, we were hanging out, kind of dating a little bit. And then she visited me there. And, but this is all pre, like, weren't cell phones. Like, right. It's hard to call people. Like, email was there, but I, I wasn't on right. that, MySpace, and stuff like that. right. And uh, so we were in touch off and on. But when I came back to Phoenix, I was like, all right, I'm going to We're going to do see, this. Yeah, we're going to do this. So okay. I met her at Place Jilly's up by Scottsdale Park and uh just before i'd left i'd, I'd gone there because i had an open mic wanted to impress her played her a few songs there and the two guys running the open mic were ethan newman and todd miller no. yeah <laughs> which
1: oh yeah
0: so coming back uh met her at jilly's on that sunday again to kind of be like i've gotten even better man Playing right. on the beach all the time i'm gonna impress the shit out of her That's check my tan rent. out yeah girl <laughs> put a beat up, baby come on yeah. and uh so yeah i Went in there. She met me. It was pre- kind of early, like about five or so, and uh, thusly broke my heart, telling her that that she's like, "Well, I'm with somebody now." Oh. I'm like, Oh, shatter, shatter! I'm gonna bail out of town faster yes. than I thought. Right, you know? right. So sitting there after she left, and she were, we're just—it was very friendly. It wasn't like fuck right. you, right, get out of here, bitch, right. And uh, she left and i kind of sat there ordered another drink and was kind of just like yeah have not what am i gonna do next right? right where am i heading to where's my next adventure and in walked ethan and todd to come set up the open mic and just probably seeing my profile barely he stops sets everything down and goes costa rica i'm like <laughs> what i can't believe you remember me and so you uh, had met him before at that open mic before i left. Oh, okay it was like two days before i left for costa rica mm-hmm. Because he was like, Yeah, man, why don't you come back next Sunday? I was like, I'll, I'll be gone. Yeah. I'm a mover and a shaker, baby. Yeah. Yeah. And he, uh, yeah, he stopped. It's just kind of the guy that he was. Yeah. Yeah. He set his stuff down. It was just Costa Rica. And yeah, ended up playing that open mic that night, hanging out with him a ton yeah. that night. And just kind of like that, like, do we just become best, best friends? friends. <laughs> and we did. Yeah. And so yeah. through him, uh, him and Todd really helped me uh, start getting a few of my first gigs here in Phoenix, just mm-hmm. doing the singer songwriter thing. Mm-hmm. And that's not long after, uh, it was probably about a year after that when I met you. So this is still like 2004, 2005 ish. It was late 2004 when I came back and then through the rest of 2005 I ended up staying, getting, uh, working at a, a restaurant mm-hmm. that's either been music or the food and beverage industry has yeah. been my gigs. Right. And we started uh just i was there at the open mic every sunday that was kind of like the mainstay and hanging with him and uh he helped helped me kind of get a few of my first gigs like just some random stuff and then one of the places that i was i got was uh pasta pomodoro which is up in uh <laughs> yeah yeah I, I, that's where i was working at and i talked them into giving me like a, a night he's too nice
1: he's too nice we <laughs> yeah. can't tell him yeah. no
0: yeah. it's a terrible server <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs> oh, I was the worst server. <laughs> you were probably fucking fantastic. I would love to have you as a server. Where, where
0: we? I, I remember the, you worked at that one brunch, that brunch joint. Uh, what was that place? Pallet? Pallet, yeah. yeah. Yeah,
1: Yeah. that was that was my last serving job. I, w- I, w- I went to go to nice. work on a Friday, and they had closed. And I, was, I was like, <laughs> okay. okay, I guess... Uh, the universe is telling me something. Something is happening. Uh, <laughs> um. All right. So All right, so 2004, 2005 hanging with Ethan. Mm -hmm.
0: Met Ashley Norton at that same open mic. And uh, she came in and we just hit it off as friends. And she, uh, yeah, we did a few songs together at the open mic. We're kind of like, Hey, why don't you come to my my gig at pasta Pomodoro? This, yeah. Awesome, crazy, kick-ass gig. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> we we basically started a duo after that for mm-hmm. like a, a good while. Jay and Ash.
1: Yes, I, I think yeah. that's
0: I think that's the era that I met you. Yeah, it was. I think it was pre Delcoa. It was. We just- were forming because, and I was still wanting to like find. A, the, so actually, the, the one I remember approaching you. The, one of our first interactions because I saw you guys and went up to you and was like, you guys need a bass player. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently you weren't uh, friendly enough no. for us to deny
1: no. you. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't know me yet. Uh, uh, uh. Well, I, I was, you know, I just, I just had this vision for this thing, and I, I, I didn't want a bass player. No, yeah, it's, you know, well, just Peter was had, had kicking low end. Yeah, yeah. Too, so man. I just, I wanted it to be completely different than my old band. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to try this new thing that was more acoustic, guitar-driven. I didn't even want Caleb to play drums. I wanted him to do percussion. Yeah, yeah. You know, like cajon kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And really open instrument. Anyway. So You kind of got that now. It's kind of cool. You got Shuba and, and right. Lamar. Yeah, like, that's, exactly. That's, that's what I wanted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, something super open and flexible and uh, just something different. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and as you say, LG kicks bass or when we need it. Anyway. Um, that's right. I remember Jay and Ash... And um, yeah, we, we sugar that yeah. Dad, sugar daddy. Yeah,
0: oh Jesus! So and Ethan was in the band Tate. It was uh, uh, Todd, Alan, um, Alan Chadwick, Tony King, and Ethan, Ethan, Ethan yeah. Newman. So Tate, and we would go basically I would fought, like go see them wherever. It was like just the, the party, and they were always phenomenal. They were great. Great band, great hmm. bar band. We, mm-hmm. So they played Sugar Daddies a lot, and I think that's where I met you. It Was like when? When did you move out here to Phoenix?
1: October of two thousand and three. Okay. Um, Ten Dollar Outfit kind of started around two thousand and four. We started making the, that that first record, and I think we you know we might have had a gig here and there, but it was two thousand and five. That first record came out, and we started to play around town and, mm. and that sort
0: of thing. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I think that's I met you. Yeah, around late 2005 i think mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. and yeah the jay and ash thing was going on we started getting we got a residency up at uh it was armitage mm-hmm. at the time up in a dc ranch so mm-hmm. we we're there every sunday and while we were while we were doing that after like we kind of established ourselves pretty pretty yeah. decently after a little while and um we were playing a bunch of different places but that was kind of like our little mainstay was at armitage on sundays and we wanted to record. We, we were like, well, shit, we needed to make a record. Right. We had some originals. I'd ri- been writing that in Costa Rica and coming back and just kind of got just the writing bug. And mm-hmm. started adding a bunch of new tunes. And, of course, the, the first thing we were like, well, we need, if we're going to record, let's get, a, let's get a proper rhythm section right. to, to do the record with us. And so we asked Ethan and, and Tony. Well, we asked Ethan, and he was like, well, I got, I got the drummer, mm-hmm. like, a guy named Tony King like hell yeah yeah so they came over and we had like a rehearsal and after the first rehearsal we were like can we just be a band right right and thusly began delcoa and nice. yeah delcoa was the street that um my folks yes, still live on. You still yeah, live on that's, that's yeah. yeah that's the house and that was like where we rehearsed and again like naming bands sucks it's so hard <laughs> and we were just throwing all these names around which were all terrible And I think Tony King was just like, How about don't go a constrictor? (laughs) It just became a running joke. And finally, it was just like, All right, just cut off the constrictor and we'll just be done. Right. Yeah.
1: Well, let's take a break. We've covered a lot of ground,
2: a lot of mileage. We'll be right back. Y'all, I want to tell you about my afternoon. I spent some time at the pool today, I had a six pack of Mr. Pineapple from San Ramon Company. I brought it by. You know, I thought people should try it. They call it a stylish wheat with with a tropical personality. It's infused with fresh pineapple juice from fair trade Costa Rican farms. It takes the traditional wheat beer and adds some seriously cool character. I got to tell you, it was a huge hit at the pool. You can find out more at SantanBroom.com. They are sponsoring this podcast. I love them dearly. I love their juice. Mr. Pineapple is the summer drink. Go get yourself. some. SantanBroom.com. So, I definitely want to talk more about,
1: you know, Delcoa to now, mm-hmm. but I also wanted to ask you, like, um, some early musical memories, like, what was being played at in your home i know you have an older brother yeah what was he listening to like what was kind of your introduction and what were the the bands that you were listening to kind of coming up
0: well my, my brother was pretty much the the like pretty much big musical influence on me my, my folks listen to music but it wasn't really like a huge they don't play no, no yeah my dad had a banjo that he could do like like a couple couple little tunes on but yeah never really was his his, his thing right but uh my brother was was a huge huge influence, and him and all his friends. Uh, I'm sorry. A, how how much older is he? Five and a half years.
1: Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. So he S- similar to my middle brother.
0: Yeah. 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 So he pretty much like I, I just followed him. Like I remember sneaking out in the middle of the night, going watching Headbangers Ball with him, like uh-huh. on, on like Saturday nights with him and his, some of his buddies. That would have like a sleepover, and uh, some of like his first like I, I remember seeing that one. Big musical moment was going in and and because he had all the like a bunch of great tapes uh-huh. and uh was into Motley Crue and like all that kind of stuff at the time. And he he had just got an appetite for destruction. Oh, wow. I remember going in and being like, oh guns and roses, what's this? And open up the liner notes and seeing like that that uh that mural and with the chick with her tit hanging out and, yeah. stuff and just kind of being like, what? they can
1: do this rock and roll is cool and then
0: putting it on. And I'd already heard, I think welcome to the jungle, mm-hmm. but when, uh, it's so easy came on after that. It was like, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. and then am saying like, like hearing bands being like, it's so fucking easy. And it's mm-hmm. like, Oh my God, there's, there's music like this out there. Holy right. shit. Right. And through him though, it went off to like, he found like Zeppelin and Pink Floyd and all the kind of that umbrella, mm-hmm. all that's under that umbrella. And like, i of course, and took it all in. Mm-hmm. And then I remember he took me to go see the dead in Vegas with wow. uh, him and some of his buddies. And he had handed me, like, cause I, I knew some of their tunes, like, you know, Casey Jones, you hear, and mm-hmm. like Truckin' and some of like the. Sugar Magnolia, or yeah, or yeah whatever, and then, but he gave me, he was like, well, here before we leave, listen to this, because you'll hear all these tunes, it was europe seventy two and that a record that we both loved dearly, yes, yeah. yes, that I hope that we uh we get to do it, yeah, yeah, yeah I would yeah, really yeah. love that, that would be kid, but man that that I still I still listen to that one constantly, yeah, and that that was that was a, a big influence on just understanding that music could go out and but it was still mm-hmm. very song orientated right and wasn't too out there to to not be able to ingest or right it it was yeah it was awesome and so we went to the see the dead there and that was i wrote a college paper on on that this three night run that we went to and i was i was think i was 15. Mm-hmm. and so yeah being a little kid 15 going to see the dead on in vegas running around on the strip this must have been this must have been shortly before Jerry died. Yeah, yeah. It, it was I think yeah, 93 or 94. I think it was Yeah, he died in 95, I think. Yeah, it was the last. it was yeah, he died in 95, August of 95, and he uh, so it was I want to say it was the year before. I yeah. think, unless they played cuz it was in May the shows were in May. I'd have to I'd yeah. have to look it up, but it was either 93, 94, or 95. Yeah. It was pretty That's crazy pretty right before. Yeah. I yeah. never
1: got to see him. I never got to see the dead kind of came into it after that.
0: Yeah. You yeah. know, I saw Jerry band here. We saw, I saw the dead here at desert sky or which whatever insert corporate name pavilion. Oh yeah. Yeah. Down. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, man, those, those shows were, they changed my life. Yeah. Like I remember specifically. Um, so I, I was able to buy the Friday and the Sunday ticket and my brother, when we're heading out there, they all had their tickets, but cause kind of, he invited me like kind of last minute. Yeah. It was Super cool. Like he was. He took me to a lot of shows. Like I saw one of my first shows was uh, Van Halen with cool. him and with uh, Soundgarden opening up. It was, oh, whoa. And they were just coming coming out of the, the Seattle scene. Yeah, and he was dialed into just just hip music all yeah. the time. So yeah. he was a huge influence. But at that that dead show, I, was, I had the Friday ticket and a Sunday ticket. And We were like, we'll find a we'll we'll scalp a ticket for you, miracle baby, and so we did we found like some guy in the strip we were in the back of a truck and riding down the strip heard some guy like saturday tickets and i jumped like my brother would, and i jumped out ran over to him F- i forgot how much it was it was like 60 or 80 bucks or something like that expensive at the time right but it was like fuck it i'm getting in yeah and we were stoked and we ended up right, if we got it all all boxes are checked let's go rage yeah we partied all friday night after the show go to a Samboid Stadium Saturday. Get our get our lot beers and go grab a veggie burrito or yeah, something do. grilled cheese. Yeah, yeah. And cruising around, just stoked. And uh, Dave Matthews was opening that whole tour too. Wow. It was just after Under the Table kind of blew up. Cool. And so, and that that seeing him too was like that was the first time I'd really ever listened to him, and that was a big influence for many years on me too. Yeah. But that Saturday, so we all go in to the show, and there at the gate, the guy's like up. Oh, This is fake ticket. Can't come in. Sorry. And I'm 15, so my brother's like, can't fucking leave him in the lot. I was right. They're all like, we'll go in, and I mean, good luck. Hopefully, we'll see you guys. If if not, we'll meet over by the car after the show. Right. I'm super bummed. What a drag. Yeah. And what a shitty
1: thing to do. Yeah. Come on. So
0: we went to bad vibes. We cruising around. Yeah, totally. And I was so super bummed and brother went over bought me a sammy smith's oatmeal stout one of the big ones from this dude and this this girl came over and was just like man you look so sad like what's going on I was like the, the told total story bought a got a bum ticket and she's like well 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 hey look over there she just like she was like comforting me and she's like oh wait look over there and there's a guy right then hand went up holding a ticket and everybody's walking around there like right. holding up their finger trying to get right. miracle and all this she runs over and basically we all almost tackled the guy <laughs> to try to get to him before anybody else. Right. And she's like, she's like, this kid needs a ticket and told him the story. And he was like, fuck it, man, come with me. And fought, like basically didn't make me pay for the ticket. We walked, they, we walked in with us to like, make sure that it wasn't a bum ticket and whatnot. Yeah. Super stoked. Like, it was just a yeah, glorious oh moment. Could and clouds part, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Sunshine. Chorus, chorus of angels. R- rainbows.
1: Unicorns <laughs> prancing yeah, in yeah, the yeah, distance. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and uh, we... Yes, we ran in, and that night was unbelievable. They played uh, a... That was the life-changing moment of musically that, that night was they did a morning dew Oh, that, yeah, cool. And It was that, that kind of... That thing, like rainbows and yeah the whole place. Was, and I was definitely uh part- partook in things that probably helped me see the rainbows a little bit more and, and the uni- unicorn that I was riding. <laughs> but it was yeah. So that that weekend I remembered coming back. It was just like that's all I want to do. I want right. to be part of that scene. Right. I want to go to festivals. I want right. to be around those people.
1: Right. It is such a it is such a it is such a scene. Yeah. And it, it 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 yeah, I mean I, I experienced it with with like, you know, fish, but but also mm-hmm. dead and company like um, that that scene is just so
0: fully embracing, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah and, the shake the shakedown like hanging out in the park in the lot scene is almost half the show, right? Like, half the feeling and like the party, you right? Know? And, it's, yeah, the and that's yeah, the hang is a big part of it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And uh, so yeah, that was a huge turning point mm-hmm. for me musically. Like it was just like that's what I want. I want to be a part of this. Mm-hmm. Like whether it was playing music or I, I didn't really have like the I wanted to play music, but it wasn't. That was when I kind of got away from like. Like the punk bands and everything, mm. it was kind of more like you discovered the, the yeah, thing that you yeah, know that moved me. And moved we were talking time. about this the other night. How,
1: um, I mean, not just the music that you listen to growing up, how that affects you as a songwriter, singer, guitar player now, but it's like finding a sound that that you can recreate mm-hmm. is is important, you yeah. know. And as we were talking about it in the green room with with uh, Thornton. Mm-hmm. You know, he obviously was heavily influenced by you too, and and maybe partly because he sounds like Bono, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? I was inspired by James Taylor partly because I
0: could sing his stuff. His range yeah. is similar to mine. And Dave, you know, Dave Matthews was kind of that for me. Like I could come back and I could kind of hit those parts. And I remember I my good friend Lauren. I remember driving in a car with her, and it's. it's it's a weird memory that stuck with me, but she was just like, man, you sound just like him. Or like mm-hmm. at, at certain time, when singing along in the car, mm-hmm. she was like, man, you can, you should
1: right. learn how to do that stuff. Right. I was like,
0: oh, yeah, maybe. Right.
1: So you eventually, you transition from bass to acoustic guitar and singing and you're working with Ash and you're starting a band, mm-hmm. uh, Delcoa, <clears throat> and you start gigging around Phoenix. Um, that band lasted for a good
0: while yeah, right, good like six to uh, more than that, like eight to ten years. I'm, and, not, I'm not very good at like <laughs> dates and like years as well, <laughs> so I couldn't say. Still like,
1: riding that unicorn, yeah. bro. <laughs>
0: <Wee>. <laughs> Yeehaw!
1: Um, and played some great stages. I mean, we we both did uh, uh, McDowell McDowell Mountain Music Festival one year uh, on different days, and and uh, <laughs> I have
0: a very fond memory of walking in that morning because we played the day before. Correct. you did uh, on that that year. Yeah. I have a fond memory of walking in and you guys were playing. Oh, really? It's beautiful. Sunny. Yeah, day. It was a great just day. Like, oh, this is going to be such a good day. Yeah. But that, that day was one of those. Yeah. ride Right. Who were some of the others on the day that you were played? Was that uh, uh that, what, was Yahoo flaming. Lips. That's right. That's right. Um, I think the lips, uh, headlined that. Yes. Night, right? Yeah. right. Cause the confetti was all over the place. Right. <laughs> the hamster ball. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, I'm trying to think. There were a bunch of other, you know, we were the first. We were on it like yeah, six a.m. or whatever <laughs> for, for like twenty minutes. Yeah. But it was an incredible, you know, just like being backstage mm-hmm. and and walking by these, you know, heroes and yeah. and, and icons and and because
0: uh, yeah, I think our day was uh, it was Michael Franti, yeah, uh, Hot Tuna, wow. and who the fuck closed that night out? I'm you, try- I can I can kind of
1: see the the poster mm-hmm. um but i can't i can't place who headlined yeah. that night but um
0: that was that was a great weekend man Oh, it was and an it, incredible weekend and just honoring to be able to be a part of like the, that that was that was one of the, another one of those times where it was just like I, i'm in fest I, I get right. to be the the ones living in festival land yeah i get to be back here right
1: right yeah you got the golden ticket for yeah, sure yeah so uh delcoa does its thing and what was that? What's the next thing that happened after that for you musically?
0: So, um, well, Delcoa, we we released a couple records. Our last record, Simply Listen, we did the release at at Wrigley. It was a huge blowout. And for like the next couple of years, we were just we we're gigging a ton. We had added Jay Pool mm-hmm. to the band, which was a huge addition because he's just just monstrous and added such like a just a another dimension and a big mm-hmm. uh, to the spectrum of yeah. what we were and um, Ethan and Ashley thusly had gotten engaged right uh, through the process of the band and kind of fell in love through just being around each other all the time. And right. And, uh, Ashley was started kind of wanting to pursue her thing, mm-hmm. which was, which was awesome. But she, she ended up going out to Nashville That's and ended right. up moving to Nashville. And unfortunately the, the relationship with her and Ethan kind of just dissipated because of the distance and just with where they were going in life. Sure. It happens. Yeah. Um, so we didn't really pursue, like, doing Delcoa as much after she left. Like, we all kind of... Like, I I was actually kind of looking forward to being just a solo artist mm-hmm. sometimes. Like, because mm-hmm. it was either Jay and Ash or Delcoa. It mm-hmm. wasn't a lot of just, just me. Mm-hmm. So... And I had a lot of tunes that just didn't apply to those. So I started kind of just gigging gigging solo a bunch. Mm-hmm. And yeah through just having the name delco i was I was able to get some pretty great gigs and some pretty regular steady stuff and for a couple of years just was was doing that and uh, wanted to record a bunch of these tunes that then um, that I'd been working on and so I my good friend Jason Johnson, who had met through uh, him playing with sean Johnson, the foundation, mm-hmm. and um we all started kind of a little project. And it was called Nameless Prophets. And we got to even do that at McDowell as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh Yeah, so that that was it was a great band. We did a like a a little E P. But again, everybody some some of the like Jaron, I believe, was uh he moved and mm, that's that. right.
1: That's right, Jaron Mossman yeah, on drums. Yeah. yeah, yeah,
0: I remember that. <laughs> and uh and the band and uh, Brian Bell on bass. He yes. ended he ended up moving as well. Right. The, Brian Bell's great, great cat, great bass player, but they just People kind of moved, and it just the band didn't hold hold together. Yeah, as they often do, and um, as they often don't. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, yeah. Um, I started uh, playing at Sandbar. I had a, re- a residency there, and it was kind of like I got to just kind of bring in, like, "Hey, you, 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 get over here. Let's yeah. let's do this." And some of the the Steady Cats became uh, Jason Johnson, Nathan Marshall, and. Uh, Jeff Joes. Mm-hmm. and which so we started playing a lot of the tunes that I was writing we weren't really a band it was just like Jay Allen and friends kind of thing mm-hmm. and I wanted to record all the tunes so um, we went to to stem and kind of through the recording process is what birthed the uncommon good mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which uh, kind of became like the the steady uh, the main priority band mm-hmm. that I was working with and we did that for or still, we're still a band per yeah. se, but and that there's been additions and uh changes in the lineup here and there, but for the most part, it's been myself and Jason mm-hmm. and Jeff. Mm-hmm. And we've added Gail Lichtenstein, yep. who's an amazing singer, Cassie was, was there yep. too, Nick Sterling on keys, who is just a, a beast He's on a anything. Beast, Give yeah. him a kazoo and a glockenspiel, and you'll be amazed, yeah, you know, yep, and Brendan, B- Brendan McBride on bass, yeah, great, yeah. Band. So, dude, it's I think, I think especially with delcoa and i think ethan even told me this a long time ago he uh it's <laughs> i think one of the things that i've done throughout my life is always just like surround myself with as many people that are mostly better than anything mm-hmm. that i can do mm-hmm. and i've always learned so much from all those cats mm-hmm. and that's kind of what the uncommon good is like it's just i w- i would happily set my guitar down and go sit down in the audience and right just and listen. watch them right yeah and right. so it's an honor to, to
1: play with those cats <laughs> It just real I just realized that uh, what every band you've ever uh, been in has played McDowell Mountain Music Festival. Can that be?
0: Delcoa. Yeah. Delcoa, Nameless, Nameless Prophets and, and Uncommon Good. Good.
1: Yep, yeah. yeah. You hold the title in town for the cat who has played the McDowell Mountain Music Festival the most. <laughs> Jesus. You, you need a plaque or something.
2: You can have it if you really want it. Can have it if you really
0: want it do you really want it so yeah and then everything with the uncommon good was kind of rolling along until pandemic mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. uh so we've we have we really haven't yeah yeah we we all are looking forward to getting back together and jason um had some health issues pre-pandemic mm-hmm. that he ended up wanting to he, he was very careful as he should be mm-hmm. um and so he stayed pretty quarantined. Yeah. And he's, he's coming out of it now. He's vaccinated as most of us are. And yeah. So, but in the interim, um, I started doing, uh, my, of course I've, i always remained playing with Tony King, Tony King. And I started doing a duo through the time. Like I was doing the solo,
1: I remember you post. playing duo with Tony King like a thousand years ago.
0: Yes. Yeah. Like we had a regular Monday at Floyd's kitchen. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's
2: where I, I saw you guys there a bunch. Yeah.
0: And Tony, Tony, I, he and I have just such a great chemistry. He's, yeah. He's a phenomenal singer. Great singer. Yeah. Great percussion player. I mean, yeah. perfect for that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So we started, we kind of created a really good rapport, just the two of us. And we called it TJ Max and the awesome zone. <laughs> yet another dumb late night yeah added to the list of incredible band names (laughs) oh god yeah so we uh we still joke about that and uh so yeah tony's always kind of been a mainstay he he actually was on the record uh with the uncommon good because at the time again again like the uncommon good formed out of the out of that studio recording Mm -hmm. and he's on half the record and jeff's on half the record oh cool i didn't know because tony like again, like there were just tunes that Tony just knows in and out. Right, he knows my style, and mm-hmm. so Tony and I have continued to play a ton and and play with Jay Pool and Ethan. We've done a, a couple Mancoa shows here, ah, uh-huh, yeah, and, yeah. Um, but uh recently, over about a year, no, two years ago, I think it was like Greyhawk or I forgot what gig it was, but. We needed a third. It was like, hey man, I can get a trio. And we called up Matt Henderson, who's been a really close friend for years. And yeah. we used to play with East Ash all the time. Right. Like just I've lived with them for a while. And so, and Matt's a phenomenal guitar player, but a phenomenal singer and uh harmony. Mm-hmm. Like he can pick out. He used to be in uh the hyena sound um uh it's like a big vocal group. Mm-hmm. And so he can he can just pick him out. He's phenomenal. Mm. And so we Did a trio gig and it just like it was one of those like oh did you guys hear that yeah yeah damn yeah and so JTM three basically formed out of that JTM three was for lack of I think we just chose not to choose a shitty band name so we're just like (laughs) your J your T your M there's three of us (laughs) boom we're done done I wouldn't mind changing the name at some point but it's it's I think it's sticking I think it's It's great it's great yeah so um so that's been pretty much through the pandemic yeah and 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 now that gigs are coming back we're pretty gigging pretty steady with yeah. the T 3 thing and we've got a, a ep coming out hopefully do the release at the mim at the end of july oh, cool which would be really cool yeah and uh yeah so that's kind of up to up to now yeah like where everything's at and you're basically i
1: mean you were telling me the other day you're basically back to normal like we're yeah we work- schedule wise yeah,
0: yeah pretty much since mid-march or early march i've been kind of back to like four or five now i'm six gigs a week right now wow which is great but it's it was a it happened pretty fast yeah and being, being a dad like the the pandemic was was nice in the sense that all like i was kind of burning out right around february march of last year and i'd go in that kind of like that roller coaster cycle of like, oh man, I'm cruising along, things are going great, and then after a little bit, like a have like the same gigs over a while, yes, and you just burn out for burn a out. bit, and it's just yeah. like, I need a fucking break, yeah. And it's so, funny
1: that a lot of people say a lot, you know, a lot of our friends, you know, I and a question that I like to ask is, you know, was there a silver lining for you and and you and a couple other people who i've, I've done on the, i've had on this podcast said you know like i was ready for a break mm-hmm. so it was perfect like yeah. the timing was great yeah
0: and uh, i got to put my kids to bed which i'd rarely got to do and now i'm back to not rarely getting to do it right and we yeah it was just like going on walks together all the time like hanging out with the kids like i'd started a, a little tradition with them because i i'd I was super stoked to be the one to like tuck them in, read stories or, or whatever that, that little tradition that started is they have bunk beds and I'd kind of lay on the floor, turn out, like turn out the lights, have the nightlight on. And we started taking turns singing songs to each other. Oh, cool. And I would sing them songs that I've written for them or like wildflowers is a song I've been singing to them since they were little babies. Hmm. And it was really cool over pretty quickly. They started singing my songs back to me. Oh, and cool. like, so they started picking like, Daddy, can I do three little birds tonight? Like, hell yes. <laughs> Baby, don't worry. Yeah. And then, uh, or wildflowers, they can sing the whole thing. No or, kidding. Or, and some of my original songs, like Set Sail or Shine. And um, mm. they, yeah, so that kind of became like a really cool tradition that That's awesome. made me really, really happy. Yeah. Are they, I mean, are they taking an interest
1: in an instrument yet? Or? Kaya is. Really?
0: Kaya uh, Rigby, I mean, she she hasn't really gravitated too much. I mean, she love... like both of them love like you see a drum. It's like boom boom boom. I want to bang on it, which mm. I think, I think every kid should should try mm-hmm. their hand at. I mean, it's rhythm, right? Like so. But Kaya, um, she loves singing, and she uh, a good friend of mine, Lowell, had this little short scale guitar that we sanded the top off. She loves Billie Eilish. Mm-hmm. So. Oh, I saw this. Yeah, yeah, that was yeah. super cool. Oh, dude, it, and it turned out like. Cause it was basically like, Hey man, can we have Billy <laughs> riding a unicorn <laughs> staring at the moon? And he's like, uh, okay. And, but it turned out like it's, it looks, it looks incredible super cool. and it's, it's a, it's a good playing guitar and she really digs it. So like That's she's awesome. learning her chords right now. It's just a matter of keeping her on task and she's got a tons of other interests. So it's, um, I'm trying to, to do, and it's, I almost want to find somebody that can give her lessons cause it's. Like when your parents are kind yes. of telling you to do stuff, it, mm-hmm. it just it's so easy for for the kids to be like, I don't want to yeah. listen to you. I, I listen feel, to you all the time anyway.
1: I feel like it, you know, as a parent, you would kind of have to dance a fine line between encouraging, but also like you know, not pressuring. Mm-hmm. You know, like you kind of want them to f- to find it on their own yeah. and have it be theirs yeah. and not ours or mine. You know, um, I remember it was the same way, like trying to learn piano. When I was a kid, you know, not only was it really not an an instrument that that really spoke to me, but it's like, don't tell me what to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, totally. (laughs) And, you know, and and, and practicing was such a drag because I had to, like, I was told to do it. Mm -hmm. Whereas guitar was like something
0: that i did for me yeah, yeah. you know you went off on your own and, right and yeah went
1: into the room and, and you found it
0: right instead of being like you do this right? Okay.
1: learn this practice this you know go to the lady and she'll tell you what to do and 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 uh, so anyway i just i would imagine that you know you want to encourage it mm-hmm. but there's a there's a point where it's like you can you can encourage too much or whatever yeah you know yeah.
0: like i think yeah i do want to find somebody to to kind of come and do, do that with her. Cause I've also, it's like a, a tension span thing. Like, mm-hmm. like I can only imagine how tough it is. Like we've been very fortunate that Kaya and Rigby have been able to be in school through most of this whole year. Mm-hmm. Whereas a lot of our friends that have kids are, their kids have been doing the homeschool thing. Mm-hmm. And I can only imagine how hard it's been like for the kids to be like, you're telling me to do the fucking thing. I don't want to do this. Right. Like I don't want to listen. Like they'll listen to their teacher a whole lot more. Right. But since they can't be around them, like I, I bet there's just been a a loss of, of general education right. in that regard, which sucks. For sure. You love me and I love you. We are who we are from the things we do. Why I am me and you are you. Let's hold each other the whole night through You're my sun I'm your moon Yeah, the light for me comes And I'm your man, you're my girl. Sometimes we hide behind the spinning world. Tell me about Supposed to Be. <laughs> well, Supposed to Be. <laughs> That's a song called Supposed to Be, I wrote it for my wife, Miranda, um, a while back, um, a couple Valentine's Days ago, because mm-hmm. I was uh, in the doghouse, mm-hmm. as often happens. Mm-hmm. Something not often. I'm not right. Yeah, I'm not, <laughs> as can yeah. happen. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> And she, so it was a Valentine's Day and just uh, wanted to get back to uh, uh, get back to good. Yeah. And, and it's, I, I don't know if you have had this, like to where like it, it's somewhat nice to like being a musician sometimes because it's like, oh, what can I, oh, a present? I'll just write them a song, right? Yeah, right, right. And, uh, but I do that a lot for my wife and my kids and whether they're just like silly little ditties, but. This one, uh, just wrote it, uh, for her and played it for her that night at a park, back in the good graces. We were good. happy lovers again, nice. and but the song kind of always stuck. And I played it a couple times. Uh, play, I remember playing it at an open mic that uh, Crystal and Sturgis run at the Dubliner, mm-hmm. and I played it. it. It was never one that I was really thinking too much of, mm-hmm. like. But it was. I loved the song, but. I uh, played it and a couple of people, even the bartender, a guy named Dave Grefka came over and it, it always stuck with me. He was like, man, what what was that song you played? Like, I think it was the second or third. I was like, well, I don't know. He's like, the, I love you, you love me. i like, oh, yeah, that song called Supposed to Be. Mm-hmm. And he was like, man, that that's that's, that's that one hit me. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, cool. So, uh, all right, it's got something. Mm-hmm. So, not too long ago, I went over and recorded it with uh, my good friend, Dominic Provenzano mm-hmm. at his studio. And it was just kind of me all I had thus far was just guitar and myself singing and just the, the bare bones of it and brought Jeff Joes on drums. And we just kind of played through it a few times, found the groove and got Travis Snowberger on upright (laughs) (laughs) bass. Gotta, gotta do the, gotta do the hand thing, the, the, the the mimic. Yeah. (laughs) And, uh, Send it over to Ted Belladin who yeah. uh did a great job on piano and organ and kinda created like, it was really nice that he like it everybody's sensibilities kinda came together and mm-hmm. almost arranged the tune in a in a such a even better and further way and really yeah. built the Legos of the song. Mm-hmm. And he created this cool melody line that kinda bookends it. Mm-hmm. I did some lap steel on it mm-hmm. and yeah, we put it out in February and it's been doing great. It's actually getting getting some spins yeah, yeah getting some uh, some spinny spins people nice. people like love yeah and uh so i'm looking to do that kind of process with a lot more songs a lot more singles and just mm-hmm. kind of put out singles it seems like the the art of the album mm-hmm. is uh is dead these days yeah. not dead but it's it's uh it's just not how people are really consuming stuff in no no mind, yeah you know yeah because i i miss the day i still love sitting down opening up some liner notes and being like Read the lyrics as right. like as the song's going. Right. Look at all the art. Right, and uh, but that's it just not how things are going. You, can, you can't even buy a a car that has a CD player in it right. anymore. Yeah, like we got the CDs from the MIM. I'm like, I don't know how to play. I don't inside. know <laughs> how I'm going to listen to it. <laughs> I'll, I'm going to have to go to my parents' house.
1: I'll push it to my ear real close.
0: Uh, <laughs> Put it on the turntable <laughs> right. and. Like, oh
1: no. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, that 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 medium is is kind of going away mm-hmm. and. People are now, you know, are streaming and what don't have the patience or whatever yeah. to, to to consume a whole record and and you know, so I think that's wise. I think yeah. that's a wise thing to do, and it just gives you more opportunities to promote something, yes. right? Yes, and so it- instead of one time for one album, you do it, you know, every month. You say, hey,
2: I'm, I got this new thing. Just go check it out. Yeah. You know, every yeah. month
0: you're you're staying on the radar and staying relevant too, and like or keeping yourself relevant. Um, instead of, like you said, like release a record and then, yeah, you got to wait another two years until you can spit some stuff out again. Right, right. So yeah, that's what I'm going to try to do with uh, a bunch of tunes and and do it in the same uh, structure where I want it to be with different uh, friends and Mm. and musicians that I admire. Yourself, um, Sturgis, Mm. um, yeah, a bunch of cats, Uh, Matthew Thornton.
1: There's a we are 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 very lucky to have the depth of musicianship in this town. Yeah, you know, and and everyone, as you say, everyone brings something a little different, so you can really tailor who does what on what song. Mm -hmm. You know, that's that's it, man.
0: Yeah. So I I look forward to yeah putting out some new ones. I've got uh, one that's uh, almost in the can with called Here I Go that should be coming out in a couple months, and and then after through that in the waiting of the couple months, I've got like three tunes that we're just starting to work on.
1: Great. Yeah. Well, I'm excited to hear it, man. I think that tune sounds great. And Thanks. you put a great band together and fuck. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know uh, you have a, a busy day ahead of you. Uh, you definitely, I want to I want to make sure you get that
0: nap together before you go out <laughs> tonight so you can be fresh and ready. Uh, but I love you. I love you too, brother, man. Thank you so much for, doing, for having me on this podcast and for doing this podcast, man. Yeah. It's, like, it's, it's
1: been a ton of fun and and just being able to connect with people and learn, you know, a lot of what you said today, I, I had no idea you yeah. know, um, so it's great to just sit down with friends and rap and, and and, and you know be,
0: that man. be human again and, this is, and you're doing a, a, a fine service to uh, to all of us too I, I look forward to, to getting to know my friends a little bit more as right. well through this yeah,
1: well it's been a ton of fun, I
0: appreciate you being here brother, I know I will see you soon Definitely, man. Love you. High fives and hugs to everybody in podcast land. <laughs> see you soon. <laughs> Go to jallenmusic.com. Do that for sure. And come see me. And for high fives and hugs. <laughs> Kisses. Kisses.
2: Kisses. 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 So slow.